welcome to episode one of my podcast. I am calling my podcast Out with the Old, In with the New, In the Closet with Shasta Eve. And I'm calling it that because that is the season that I'm in. Out with the old, in with the new. Out with the old mindsets, out with the old lifestyle, out with the old um, belief system. Quite literally, out with everything that has not served me good in my life. And then in with the new, in with the truth, in with the, the future that I desire, in with what serves my life in a powerful forward motion, um, just everything that I was genuinely designed for. Um, I'm like, come on in. And then the other part of the title of my podcast, In the Closet, that is because <laughs> I have spent most of my intimate moments in my home, any home I've ever lived in, even since I was a little girl, was done in the closet. Whether it was hiding, whether it was playing, whether it was writing things down in a journal, talking on the phone, crying, screaming, <laughs> I don't know, everything. If I'm going to be alone, um, you can find me in my closet. The kids are like, where is mom? She's probably in her closet again. So the basis for my podcast is it's the it's being birthed out of a moment that happened eight days ago. And I had that moment in my closet. I have a very large walk-in closet, so it's not that you have to imagine I'm in this little tiny hole. I am in a very big closet, but it's just intimate, you know? And so most of my recordings, even in the past eight days, I've recorded or documented a process that I'm going through in my healing. And each time that I have that moment, I'm in the closet. So I figured, why not call my podcast Out with the Old, In with the New, In the Closet with Shasta Eve? Because it's just intimate and it's raw and it just speaks for what what I'm trying to aim for with doing this. And my name is Shasta Eve, in case you didn't know. <laughs> so... This this podcast is, for me, it's something that I felt like I needed to do in this journey of my healing. And I am in a season of healing from lifelong trauma, a, a lifestyle that I've been living because of trauma, also having a narcissistic, abusive husband, ex-husband, who I have been with for the past 15 years up until five months ago. So also <clears throat> learning, I am learning right now. And this is what began the healing process for me was understanding what a trauma bond is and where it comes from. And there's been so much truth that has shined a light on who I am, why I do what I do, and why others have done what they've done to me or in my life from the very beginning. And eight days ago, I had I had an awakening, but it wasn't my first awakening. I actually, five months ago, when I left my ex-husband, who I was dating at the time, when I left, I had a, an awakening. And I call it a spiritual awakening because I prayed for it to happen. And I was in a grave, metaphorically speaking. I was in a grave, and I know a lot of us know that feeling in life where you've just buried yourself and you 
can barely breathe. Nobody really knows it, but you're, you're dying inside. And that's where I was at. And I prayed to come to life and I, I believe in God. And so I feel like God brought me out of that grave and we'll get into the details of that and what that looks like. So that was my first spiritual awakening. But then eight days ago, I had an experience that I wasn't quite in the understanding of until now, but I was headed for a train wreck emotionally. I was not, I wasn't okay. I wasn't able to think straight. I was just in a really rough place. Nobody knew. I wasn't, I was on a high of everyone in my life knowing that I had left my relationship and that was so exciting, you know, but I was in torment and I couldn't talk about it because I didn't want anyone to feel the weight of it. So I had this moment where I had breakthrough and I could see through the fog. I could see this clearing and I had watched a sermon from somebody that I really like that I've watched my whole life and everything that she was talking about just hit home talking about the mind and the heart and the body and how what we believe in our mind is what impacts our heart and then our bodies and then we act out of it and that started to just kind of like open my ears I was just hearing something new and so then I got on TikTok and I was just randomly looking at some videos and I came across a couple videos about trauma bonds and I thought I've I've heard something like that but mainly in in the context of a soul tie you know when you intertwine yourself with somebody have sex with somebody whatever it is you've built a soul tie with them and that needs to be broken because soul ties are unhealthy bonds and I agree with that concept but trauma bond is different but I had no idea what it was So I had this revelation eight days ago and it's changed my life. I have spent a lot of time in my closet (laughs) and it's, I mean, my kids have come to the door and been like, mom, mom. And because I am conditioned to think that I'm not worthy of spending time on myself, to think that I have to be on point for everybody all the time and that I am incapable or that it's no, it's not that I'm incapable, it's that it's wrong for me to have moments. It was very difficult for me to stick to it, but I knew something was happening in me that I've never felt before and was helping me through one of the most endless cycles that has tormented my life since the beginning of my life. And I know that a lot of people, a lot of people deal with the torment of trauma and abuse, but not under understanding how to get out of it or exactly pinpoint, you know, what is going on. And so this podcast is going to be pretty raw and real. And I'm not, I'm learning after being in abusive relationships, um, and growing up the way that I have, I'm learning how to be real how to not perform um, when you are in a narcissistic ab- narcissistic abusive relationship, when you have a trauma bond with somebody, you become conditioned to the concept that you need to hide, but not just that, but the concept that you need to perform in order to receive love, that you have to be somebody entirely different than yourself for that person in order to receive what you need from them love, comfort, joy, acceptance, 
And that has been the narrative of my life from the moment I can remember until now. I've done it with everyone in my life. I got to be a really good liar. I, I felt like that was the only thing I could control. If I was hiding something, then I still had control over something. And that's been tormenting because I love who I am. I love, I used to pride myself on being honest. But that pride was like coming from a desire to be an honest person. Because I, I was lying since the beginning of my life. I would tell stories in school. My mom was an alcoholic and she had lots of boyfriends and made choices that she's made. And I used to, she used to not come home and I had built this dream in my head and I'd go to school and I'd tell people. And I think that there's a lot of us that do that. If we've had traumatic home lives, I would tell people that my mom, like she was with someone that was rich and we, we've made it, you know, we're going to like move into a mansion and that I've met celebrities. I mean, I full on had stories for days. Those of you that will listen to my podcast that knew me when I was younger, you'll know that I was like, I was an actress. I was very theatrical <laughs> in many, many ways. But those of you that knew me when I was younger, because there's going to be a few of you that that listen to this and do understand because you remember me at that age. But I was living, my life was very hard and I was out of control. I had so many emotional issues in the beginning. And growing up in the church, I was taught, you know, like I have a lot of torment because of my parents, because of this, because of that. And so I looked at, I always looked at my emotional trauma as the devil, you know, this is the devil's just after my life because I have such an incredible destiny. But lo and behold, I kept repeating cycles over and over again, regardless of how much I was in church or how much I was trying to be dedicated to God or be good. There was a specific cycle that was never ending. I was even in counseling for an entire year to deal with my trauma because I was bulimic for seven years. And so I went to counseling to heal from that. And my counselor might even hear this. She's on my Facebook, but we dealt with a lot of my childhood trauma. We talked about stuff. I forgave myself. I, I forgave my parents. I walked through some healing and don't get me wrong. I am all for church. I'm all for, um, I accept everybody's own, that everybody has their own belief system. I'm not, I'm not knocking that kind of counseling. I'm just saying for me, I never really, I never really was set free. I wasn't. I was never really set free because I never got to dig as deep as I can now into understanding the importance of not repeating cycles and having the tools and having the understanding and the knowledge of what happens to you when you're abused in your life. What happens to you when you go to make a new decision or you every corner you turn, you're, you're thinking it's a new corner, but it's the same one over and over. I never was taught what that really was. And so now I'm learning why my brain operates the way that it does, why my heart feels the way that it feels and why my body does what it does. And I act the way I act. I'm understanding and I'm hoping that I can teach my kids. So this podcast is a part of my healing. It's a part of me learning how to be honest 
with not just myself, but open myself up to other people and possibly help other people or even just have open up the conversation with whoever that it's meant, you know, to help because it's not going to hit everyone. It's not going to, you know, it's not a topic that everybody can resonate with or I'm even welcoming opposing ideas or more insight. I'm, I just know that I have to do this for my healing. And so another thing, the art that's going to be for my podcast, I'm going to have as my logo is going to be a closet with old clothes on one side and new clothes on the other. And there's going to be a little girl on the floor and a microphone in the middle and an older version of that little girl on the other side, because this is a journey of me healing that younger self so that my older self can understand better and never ever make the same decisions that have hurt me, my family, all my kids, my friends for so many years. So I'm just really hoping that that this this process is powerful. I'm hoping that I can learn as much as I can and move forward because it's been one hell of a ride. All of us can admit that our lives are are freaking nuts. Nuts. We all have habits. I mean, thank God for those that were raised right, you know, and ended up in a good spot in their life. But even them, you know, life is hard. We're human. So, and I'm going to be real. I'm going to be as professional as I can be, but I'm not very good at that. (laughs) I'm not. I just took a sip of water and I'm recording a podcast, but that's me. So I'm just going to, just going to be here. Um, so I want to, I want to highlight the most recent part of my life that has kept me in torment and and i'm not i'm not here to express these things because i think that's going to heal me i have to go through counseling i have to go through inner healing i have to do some serious work i have to change my whole lifestyle too because i have to i have to change everything in order to have a better outcome but talking about it is not to bash the abuser the abusers in my life that's not why I'm doing this either. And I don't, I won't ever allow that to be the narrative. The truth is that I have been abused and I've never felt right. I've never felt like I had a voice. I never felt like I could talk about my feelings. I never felt like I could exist as Shasta. Not, not the Shasta I was born to be. I've always been the Shasta someone else told me to be. Because that's the pattern in my life. That is, that is the abuse. So I just wanted to clear that up. But I want to dive into that most recent trauma. And it has to do with my ex-husband. And we, from the start, we had a relationship that was just like any toxic relationship that you see. You know, st- started out we both had kids coming into our relationship we one each he had a daughter and I had my son Aiden and we were unhealthy he had severe trauma growing up and so did I two different traumas but very severe traumas on different spectrum and 
when we met, I was trying not to date. I was living for God. I was going to church. I had this dedicated mindset of, I'm going to be celibate. I'm just going to like, I'm going to, I'm just going to do this. And, and I also, so he had his daughter and I had Anaya, who's my first daughter and my son, Aiden. So I had two coming into it, but we met at a gym and I had just, I, there was something about him, something about the way he looked at me, something about how we interacted when we finally interacted. There was something there, you know, sometimes, and I'm learning about this and we'll get into that of why this happens. But I mean, we are taught that when you lock eyes with somebody, I say we're taught because we are, we're conditioned at a young age to constantly think about romance, romancing somebody, being romanced, the idea of love. It is in every childhood movie, Lady and the Tramp, even dogs, you like, What? Why? Why is that so embedded into our brain? Because the human nature is connection. We want connection. We thrive on it. We feel whole with that connection. Obviously, it's a human to human bond. It's energy where we want that. We want that that feeling of security. And so, so many people I have noticed, like a lot of people, you'll, you know, when you drive by and you lock eyes with somebody and you're just like, what? Everyone's like, what if that's the one? Oh, this is new. This is different. What if you're the one? And that's messy. <laughs> like, that is messy. And I'm learning that that is wrong. It is wrong to live your life with the narrative that the fantasy, like, I'm not taking away from the beauty of love. But we have, we have it mixed up and we spend a lot of time wasted on a feeling or a, an idea that there's like this magical movie moment where, you know, this being is going to drop out of the sky and fall into our lap and just enter our life and everything's going to be so beautiful. But we're not taught, we're not taught how to really pay attention to what connection is. So when I met Brian, my ex-husband, I had a new feeling and we had a progressive relationship. It wasn't like we just became intimate right away. We, I waited I made him wait about three to four months before I shared my body with him since I had six with him. And I thought that I was, I thought that I just had something new. But I'm telling you what, when I discovered a trauma bond and I have listened to psychologists and people that are diving into what that is and sharing it with people, what it does to your brain, the chemicals in your body. When you form a trauma bond, you are seeking out what you didn't get as a child and essentially mimicking an entire childhood trauma because that's home. That's what you're used to. And when it comes to narcissists, their behavior is a mere image of themselves. They can't see the world for what it really is because they are, they have built that shell around their pain, around, around their trauma. They see everything through a lens of they don't have empathy. And we'll go, we'll go more into that, but 
if so many of us could understand why it was so hard in the beginning of our relationships with people, the extremes, all that kind of stuff, and then look back at our childhood and growing up, we're going to understand what a trauma bond is and we're going to fix it because nobody truly wants, once you have that knowledge, you really can't ignore it. It's always going to be in your mind. And I wish I would have known about it then because I would have possibly done things different. But it was bad from the start. And we got pregnant really fast. And we just, from the very beginning, (coughs) excuse me, from the very beginning, it was like I had found my best friend. I had found the love of my life that I was willing to tell everybody, fuck you. I'm just going to marry this dude. But I I had a lot of people in my life that cared about me and they all said no. And I said, no, I'm going to do this. Why? Because this man mirrored every single trait that I am used to. There was nothing about him that did not fit the narrative of my life. The abuse that he could project, cause, it was exactly what I was used to my whole life from the very beginning. And so I was, I was in it. I was in it. I was addicted to abuse. I'm learning I'm literally addicted to abuse. I don't know if anybody else can really understand that, but I'm sure a billion people can. When you are raised with abuse whether it's in your own home or um people that you're you're brought around when you're younger it doesn't it doesn't matter whether it's emotional physical sexual whatever it is when you are used to that growing up you are conditioned to think that that is the reality that you you need anything else is foreign it feels awkward it feels weird i remember guys that would try and date me that were really good guys and i thought they were gay i was like what's wrong with you? Why are you being so freaking nice? I, it just turned me off. And I, I've heard people say that it's, it's not just me. It's so many people. So Brian and I, we fit the narrative. We fit the narrative for each other's trauma. And we started to build that trauma bond that we call love. I mean, up until five months ago, it was Brian and Shasta are meant to be Brian and Shasta, Brian and Shasta. I, I, even in counseling, when we were married, it was like this, there was always this idea around him and I that we were this dreamy, beautiful couple. That our love was unlike any other and we were going to fight for it till the end. And if we don't fight for it, then we're going to end up together in the end because we're just meant to be. We even had people from our church sit down and prophesy over us these words. Shasta, you think that he holds you back, but really he protects you from the world. Like, we just pause for a second. The way to take advantage of my belief in God, way to take advantage of my vulnerable moment, like, who does that? You think that he holds you back, but he actually protects you from the rest of the world. So anytime him and I split up and I would make mistakes outside of our relationship, that narrative would go off in my brain and I'd go, oh my God, I got to go back. I got to go back because God said, She said, you guys were ordained in heaven before you were even born. 
that, Brian, you need her. You need her to survive. Who does that? I'm sorry, but even just saying it, like I've, I've, I've said, uh, no, those words can go back to hell where they came from or whatever that energy is off of my life because that those words rang in my mind so much and held me in contempt somewhere in my brain and kept me thinking Brian was my savior. He was my God. But let me, let me just rewind and say that my dad was my God. My dad quite literally told me when I was little that he is God and I am to bow to every command that he sets before me. Yeah, right. So the first man that I ever felt love with, my dad, the representation of love was bow to me and I will love you with the love that I think is love. With control, with fear, with abuse, with torment, with with every amount of abuse that you can that you can think of, my dad displayed that for me. And he was the first person that I ever felt love with. And so my entire life has been modeled off of that relationship. There's something that happens to your body when you are in trauma. When you receive that jolt to your body of a a strenuous situation. It could even be a job that's stressful. I mean, we all can, if we're grown and we understand the body, we know that stress causes sickness. It can cause us to be bogged down. You have to be in alignment with your body, your mind, body, and soul to live a healthy, productive life. We know that. But the reality that when we're little, when we experience abuse, our bodies go into shock and start trying to figure out ways to survive. So we're in survival mode and we are in flight or fight mode, which produces chemicals straight to our brain, cortisol, um, dopamine, and they drowned the amygdala and the hippocampus in the center of your brain. Those are two of the most important parts of your ability to feel, um, you become heightened sense of awareness. You are, you are anxious. You are on on edge all the time you are constantly trying to look around you for a threat your entire being becomes high stress and torment but because it produces dopamine stress produces dopamine abuse puts that rush into your brain that makes you feel alive you are forever searching for that rush you're addicted to it Hence the addiction to abuse. Hence the trauma bond attachment. And I'm just learning this. It is wild to me that I haven't really... People talk about narcissism. Everybody told me I was with a narcissist that I, that I constantly am finding narcissistic traits in people and allowing it to control my life. I've heard it millions of times. Shasta, why are you with him? Shasta, why are you with him? Well, I don't fucking know. <laughs> Sorry, I just love him. Well, let's remove love and put addiction because that's what it was. I was addicted to Brian. Addicted. But I called it love because that's the only thing I know. I only know love to look that way. That is not love. That is addiction. That is messy. It's tormenting. It's it causes so much death to true self. And I, 
in the past eight days have had more understanding of why my life has been such a mess than ever before. When I'm talking to you right now, I have this voice going on in my head. So there's me and and just bear with me. It sounds nutty, but you're going to understand because I think that this is not just me. I'm talking to you, but there is a narrator in my brain. Now we often think that that narrator is us. It's our self. They say that your, that inner self is your companion for life. You know, it's, it's the one that knows you the most, like that's where you spend all of the back and forth. That's your little partner in your brain, you know, your Jiminy Cricket, whatever. But I challenge you to try and really think if you're, if you've been abused and you have trauma in your life, really take a minute and think about who is the narrator in your brain? Who is it? Is it actually you? Because if it's actually you, then you're going to have thoughts that are productive in in making you a better person. There are things that your ideas, things that aren't abusive to your nature. But when I'm sitting here talking and I hear the narrator and I ask myself, Shasta, who is that in your mind? It's not me. Very rarely has it been me because I have spent my life listening to everybody else that I loved or that I had a really intense traumatic bond with to think the thoughts that they want me to think and be who they want me to be so that they'll love me, so they'll accept me, so they will not be unhappy, so that maybe they'll be better. So if I'm better, then maybe they will be saved. Maybe I can fix them with me being who they need me to be. And so I hear Brian in my mind on a daily basis. Do I wish I could not give him that much credit? Hell yeah. (laughs) But it's the truth. Everything I do, and I'm just going to be honest, it could be picking clothes. It could be grabbing a sweatshirt and remembering what he thought of that sweatshirt. It could be the way I do my hair, how I walk, how I'm talking. Me sitting here doing this, all I hear in that, in that narrator in the back of my head says, you are doing it for attention. You aren't worthy. Why are you doing this? You're stupid. This is dumb. This is pointless. Knock it off. And I am going to challenge myself and whoever's listening to stop, have a pause, and really think about what you're listening to in your mind. Because if you have been in trauma and you've been abused in your life by your parents, by your grandparents, by people, whoever it is, whoever's significant in your life that has caused you trauma and has been unproductive in helping you become the best version of the true you, think about your thoughts. Think about who's, who's narrating your life. Because it might not be you. And it might be good to understand who it is. So that you can cut them out of your brain and start hearing your truest self. Because that's what I'm doing. And I am going to continue to share my story. Kind of like a diary, I guess. Like just an open book. And it's scary. I feel dumb doing it. Even though it's cool. Like I I hear people doing this kind of stuff and I love it. But I'm so outside my comfort zone. I am going to allow people to hear this that I've been hiding from. People that may not like maybe are getting to know me or don't know me entirely. They're going to hear my mess. 
And I've spent a long time trying to pretend like I don't have a mess. <clears throat> but I'm going to do this. And I'm going to let my my true self unfold. And I'm going to be Shasta. And I'm going to be genuine, goofy, dorky, silly, weird. Whatever it comes out. I don't even know. Whatever comes out. I'm going to cuss. I'm going to cough. Drink water. In my podcast. I'm going to have moments that are just like, we're here hanging out in my closet. <laughs> and I am exposing my my heart, my mind, my trauma, my victories, and I hope that other people will as well. Um, yeah, I I definitely, I'm definitely excited. I'm going to, I have, the past eight days I've spent a lot of time healing and doing research on the mind and the body. I've been learning tools on how to respond to narcissists that you co-parent with, well, co-parent, whatever that means to them. Um, learning how to deal with text messages, triggers, all of it. I'm learning all of it. And the past seven days, eight days has been rough. And so I have voice memos of those days that I'm going to put together and share the, I mean, the down and dirty moments where I'm crying and I am remembering trauma in my life. And I want to share that with y'all. I want to I want to open that platform for anybody that knows me. If you feel like you want to ask me some questions or you maybe have learned something I don't know, please personally message me. And I'm pretty sure I know what my next episode's going to be, but I'm going to try and get an episode out a day. And I'll see where it goes. But I appreciate anyone that is going to be on this journey with me. And if I can be on someone else's journey... Like that's going to, that's going to help me so much. That's going to help me stay in this real place where I feel connected. And I feel like, cause it's hard, it's hard to not feel like you're alone, but we're all human and we all want connection. So I'm ready for that. Okay, guys, thank you for listening and I'll be back. <laughs>